You're listening to Supervision with a Vision, where we discuss all things supervision. I'm your host, Sarah, professional counselor, marriage and family therapist, play therapist, eating disorder specialist, and cookie lover, with my co-host, Heather, marriage and family therapist, certified together in Texas counselor, a Texas transplant from California, and outdoor adventurer. Hi, welcome to Supervision with a Vision. Today, Heather and I are talking about how you can declutter your counseling practice. This week, we read Why Decluttering is Hard, published in Psychology Today 2022. And Heather, the article is actually talking about cleaning. Right. But you and I were thinking about all of the things that counselors have available to them or all the information coming at us Mm -hmm. recently. And we said we both agreed there is a lot out there and not all of it is necessarily what we want or is it high quality? Right. I mean, I just recently talked to one of my supervisees about CEU she wanted to try. And number one, I had never heard of the company before. ever, Mm. And I feel like I have at least some wide range of companies I've seen. And I was like, well, how is that therapy? It was something where they're like combining something with therapy. Yeah. And again, lots of things get combined with therapy. Yeah. But this was like something about like doing, adding something to your repertoire as a therapist so that you can talk more about like nutritional things, which mm-hmm. are good. Again, you could, there's, so there's price over. Event, right? yeah. I'm good. But it was just like, it did not list goals. It didn't list oh. like what was going to come at the end of it. It didn't yeah. list when it was That put makes on. me wonder if it was even approved to be a right. VE provider. Right. So I thought this is like questionable content, although marketed very well. It was pretty, yeah. <laughs> I think I did this one time in a crunch. I needed a lot of CE hours in a short amount of time to make sure I met my deadline for oh, yeah. licensure. We all have to do that yeah. one time. Yeah. Well, it one. caught me one time, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think it was right at the beginning of COVID and I just, everything right. just got away from me that year. I joined one of those membership things. I don't know okay. if it's like yeah. monthly or mm-hmm. yearly, but you pay something that doesn't feel too outrageous for what they tell you is like so a, many, <laughs> like a lifetime supply right. or a never ending catalog of possible training. Mm-hmm. And most of them are cruddy or not even topics that I cared about or needed or applicable to me. So I did get what they advertised. It just wasn't what I hoped for. Right. The content wasn't what you hoped mm-hmm. for. Do you get like a lot of flyer like junk mail? Oh yeah, all the and I've tried to like stop and like oh really unsubscribe. I've never done that. They just come back. You're only unsubscribed for like a year because you know what they use is the list of current providers. Oh yeah, that's how they get your information. So the so so our state board is selling our information. (laughs) It is public. uh, Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of CEs out there. That maybe we just don't think are uh, the right quality or the right content that we want. Right. And I think something shifted in the last couple of years in the state of Texas where becoming a provider is a lot less difficult. Yeah. it's a, No, it's easier. I mean, that's what I meant. A yeah. lot less difficult. So um, easier. <laughs> I think that was like 2016 or 2015. Somewhere in there. They changed the requirement, the requirements the state needed for you to be a continuing education provider. But I also think... It makes a lot of sense to be an, a continuing education provider because 
it's income that you don't always have to actively be there right. for. Right. So right. where a session, you mm-hmm. have you're there with the client and it takes the time it takes every right. single time. But that you might make money when you're not right sitting at your desk mm-hmm. or sitting in your office. But yeah, we have a ton, a ton of CEs out there that may or may not be great. Mm-hmm. What about the same? Do you think the same is true of credentials? Yes. Different certifications. Over. I think so many companies, even companies that before I would have said are good places to find your CEs, are now marketing being a specialist in this. Mm-hmm. Like a, you get a certification in elder care. Really? All of us took that class already, one. Mm-hmm. And what, you know, like things like that, they're like, you're yeah. going to. I think that's a different conversation. You mm-hmm. took a class in elder care? I did. I That was not a thing that was ever offered to me. So maybe not everybody. Maybe not everyone had it. I did you know that the American Psychology Association approves or has a list of recommended credentials? Oh, I think that I've seen it before. Yeah. So not all credentials are created equal. Right. There are some that are endorsed or approved or okayed by the APA, and they have met different requirements or criteria in order to make that list in order right. to be approved and it's significantly that i mean there's a wide gap right that you could take a weekend long training on elder care underwater Under- basket right. weaving or whatever it is and get some kind of uh participation certificate but what does that, that really get right. why is that important <laughs> right versus an apa approved yes credential that you could then it just means something different right so what, how do you handle that when you have a supervisee who's like really excited and wants to go out and get lots of trainings or maybe is to asking like, I think I'm going to be a LMFTQBZP right. <laughs> and you're going, I don't know what all those letters mean. I think one thing to look at is really, would you be able to use that in a marketing way because that's going to be your specialty? So the stuff that APA approves are things that are scholarly, they're researched, there are things that you are going to be identified as, as a specialist within the community for mm-hmm. often. Mm-hmm. Sometimes these other companies that are offering certifications, like I am never, ever going to put a certification that I took an elder care class in my in my bio. It's yeah. not going to be there. So like you're just thinking bigger term. Often I talk to supervisees about like, that's what you think right now. But is that really something that looks scholarly? Does it look like? Yeah. I think I say that, but I also add, do something that excites you. Right. Find something that you're drawn to. You know, of all of my credentials, I keep up with a lot of them, which is, I think, mm-hmm. part the of other that part I, of being credentialed. Like, yeah. it, it, part of why I say pick something that you're really excited by, because if every year you have to do ten more hours and mm-hmm. the, and a couple other things to to maintain that, then do you really want to do that every right. year right. or every other year? And I have thought, I've thought with the number of credentials that I have that I'd really have to think long and hard about adding another one Mm -hmm. because it's going to mean a whole lot more work. Right. And there are, I I am a certified infant massage instructor and I keep up that credential Mm -hmm. every year because it's fun. Right. Because you enjoy it. And it's, (laughs) I mean, it it is known Mm -hmm. and recognized, but not necessarily for counselors. Right. More often nurses have Mm -hmm. that credential, but. I like it and I enjoy doing it. And so I'll, I'll keep it up. But if I didn't enjoy doing it, right, I wouldn't keep it up anymore. It, it doesn't make sense for the, the most of the things that I do. I, don't, right. I wouldn't get to apply it very often. Right. So you're saying, is it valuable right. 
And I said, is it interesting? Mm -hmm. I think connected to, is it valuable, but maybe not an obvious next step for everybody. Mm -hmm. I think you and I are both thinking it, that you want to know that it actually has meaning. Right. Like it needs to have some kind of context for what Mm -hmm. we're doing. Like right now, as a play therapist, there are a ton of new certifications that have sprouted up. Some of them are things like, actually, I'll I'll name this one because it is uh, nationally recognized, that you can be a registered play therapist. You can also be a SBRPT, school-based registered play therapist. Okay. And it is supported by our national organization, and I believe that it is an Mm APA-approved credential. I'm not school-based, but I would wonder if how advantageous it would be because I don't think that the school system recognizes it. Right, and the school probably doesn't have one space for what would be needed. So I don't, I mean, I think that more and more schools do have play therapy rooms, but you're not going to get a raise for it. No. I don't think. No. You're not going to get... It might make your job more fun or more interesting. Right, so then, so then, right? Right. You weigh Mm -hmm. the three things that we've talked about. Is it valuable? Is it recognized? Is it enjoyable to you? Right. I think what you just said fits for me with the infant massage Mm -hmm. that, yeah, no one's ever paid me more for it. Right. But do I apply it and think that it's useful and helpful for the clients that I see? I do. Right. And I enjoy it. Right. So to me, that's two out of the three that we've talked about. Yeah. Kind of makes it worth it to me. What do you think? What if you were going to go pick a new certification or credential that you mm. wanted to go get? How would, is there one that like jumps out at you or others that you've definitely said, no, I think I'll pass on that? I have often toyed with EMDR on and off, uh-huh. but I've never like pursued it because I've never seen myself using it full time. Like I've done plenty of like learning about it, uh-huh. but I've never pursued the action because I was like, am I really going to use that? Is it really going to be something that I use? Even though it's a certified, I mean, it's a a real thing, but I don't know that I personally would gravitate towards it. I also think that's a good example in another way that when you and I started counseling, EMDR did not exist. Right. (laughs) And then in the last, what, 10 years, you know, 10 years ago, I would not have said that at that point it was well established. Correct. Now it is. Right. Now it's very different. Mm -hmm. So you can't foresee that something might have more more of a body of research behind it and become more established. Right. But at maybe 10 years ago, your thought process would be a little bit different. You'd go, well, it sounds pretty cool, but I don't really know about it. And right. I don't even know anybody else who really thinks it's a great thing. But now you could say, oh, yeah, actually, I know lots of people right. who yeah. support it, find it valuable. The next point in our article, which fits the I talking about EFDR, is that we really like shiny things. Yeah, I mean, Heather and I, but also <laughs> counselors and people. So there are pl- all these new certifications and new trainings. And sometimes we just get caught up with, it sounds fun or cool right. or interesting. Right. Or it's the new hot topic of someone's book or the new mm-hmm. hot idea of something. And, and we know now that all those things come and go. But especially when you're brand new in this, mm-hmm. you're a brand new supervisee. I mean, I don't know how it was for you, but I really did gobble up a ton of whatever the hot thing was at the time. Oh, I want to do that one. I want to do this one. Not that I was getting certifications, but it was like, oh, so-and-so wrote this book about, you know, whatever. And then I had to dive into it. Yeah. I had, it's been a while now, she's fully licensed, but I had an associate or a supervisee that I didn't realize that she didn't tell me, but every single day 
she was going to a continuing education event. That's amazing. Either in person <laughs> or online. I thought so too. I thought that's some amazing coordination. Right. That you could find one, sign up for one, and make it happen so consistently. Right. But yeah, she was doing one every single day because she just, everything sounded amazing and great and interesting <laughs> and good. And I want to do that. I right. don't know about that. And the reason I found out was because she did eventually tell me because she was so overwhelmed. Oh, I'm sure. The amount of information coming at mm -hmm. her all the time. And she couldn't apply it quickly enough. She right. couldn't incorporate the new information to what she knew. And so it just felt like it was just hitting her mm -hmm. over and over and her not being able to apply it or think about it or right. uh, it was just too much right. all at once. Have you ever gone to a training that you thought, oh, new shiny thing? And then, hmm. Not yeah. that great. I've done a couple of them that I thought were like, oh, this will be like, oh, I think I'm into this. One of them was about psych meds and like brain biology. And I was like, I totally am a brain geek. I want to take this. And then I got into it and I was like, oh, now I'm here for six hours. <laughs> like, shoot. Like it was a very, very good course overall, mm -hmm. but it was like probably could have been summed up in an hour. We probably didn't need six hours of it. Mm -hmm. So things like that. I've, I mean, I've done that. Yeah. I went to an EFT training, and now I can't think of the acronym. <laughs> right. Something family. Emotionally focused. Yes. Yes, it okay. was. Emotionally focused. Yeah. Really good. I liked it. I did also leave thinking, wow, that was pretty long, and I don't know if I'm going to go for the whole credential. Yeah. You're like, hey. And I, I saw how it worked with the other things that I like to do with family, how it makes sense, how right. it was applicable. And I do like that now if someone asked about EFT that I feel like I know enough, Place and it. but I don't feel like I'm right a pro at it but i do feel like i could talk about it i just thought of something that maybe it's a good distinguishing mark tying together our previous point and this point if you're going to do like a credential as i say a credential versus a certification a certification might just be like a one day like a one day mm -hmm. class mm -hmm. but usually a credential takes a lot more effort than that mm -hmm. and that's one way to help new newbies Sort out oh. the junk of, okay, this is just a, you know, a one day, a one off. Not the, the information could be great. I mean, mm -hmm. but that's the big difference between getting a credentialed in something and just mm -hmm. having a certification. I think there are organizations that maybe don't completely spell that out. Some do, some don't. Right. And you get partway through thinking that you're going to be a whatever, whatever yeah. it is. <laughs> and then um, you realize, oh gosh, I maybe have just gotten myself into a like a two-year commitment. Right. How did I do that? Uh, yeah. That I tr I do try to do that with all of my supervisees, even people who come to me and want to meet and say, I'm, I'm interested in being a registered play therapist. I definitely start out and say, there are lots of moving parts. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to waste your time, energy, or money. So let's get really specific and have a plan right. about how you can accomplish all of these things mm -hmm. in a wise way. Right. That's so that you're not smart. just like, because, oh, I maybe I just really feel like this with play therapy. They all sound fun. Every course, training right. sounds like fun and good. And I want to know about that. I want to yeah. learn that. Yeah. And if you run out and do all the ones that become available, you've probably, you you know, spent money and mm -hmm. time doing things that maybe don't end up helping you to move forward with that credential. I think the last person that emailed me and asked that question and the, and I said, send me what trainings you've gone mm -hmm. to. Let's make sense of it. See what mm -hmm. you have left that needs to be accomplished. And she sent me a pretty good long list. I was surprised. She probably had 30 to 40. Whoa. Yeah. Hey. Continuing education hours already for things that were play related. And when I looked through it, 
about one third of that was not an association for play therapy mm-hmm. approved provider okay. and didn't count. That's a bummer. Yeah. So shiny things yep. are are exciting, it's but true. we have to be careful and thoughtful about what are we mm-hmm. picking or what are we choosing. Yeah. Right. Our last point is that decluttering makes you more efficient. And so remember, Heather, that our article is actually talking about cleaning. Right. <laughs> but we're talking about in our practice as a counselor, when we declutter, we're also more efficient. Right. When we can fine-tune what information we're taking in or what we're focused on, we are then able to articulate better back to our client or supervisee, mm-hmm. either way. But like you were talking about, one of your former supervisees having so much information being bombarded by taking a class every day or taking some kind like you then aren't able to like assimilate that information into anything that makes yeah. sense. You're yeah. just like, oh, I did this other class. Oh, yes. And this counts as ethics. And now this is mm-hmm. something else. And you don't yeah, get to absorb poor, it. Poor her. Because then when I told her she was still a, uh, a supervisee and didn't need any right? continuing education, <laughs> she was so disheartened. This makes me think, I think I was on the Association for Play Therapy's conference committee for maybe like 10 years. And what we did was we helped to choose what the continuing education that was presented mm-hmm. at the right. annual conference was. So we, you know, went through all the proposals and picked the people that would ultimately present. Every single year, not just our committee, but the whole organization would have a voice and get involved in this tug of war between do we want more presentations on theory or do we want more presentations on techniques? Interesting. And it, man, we were divided 50-50 almost mm-hmm. all the time. And there were strong opinions for either side. But I think the argument for theory was always that you could just give like a list of techniques or like Mm -hmm. you could do that. But if you don't really know what you're doing with the technique or you don't Don't really know why, why, Mm -hmm. then how how effective is it? Right. I remember I worked at, I think I worked at, it was at a hospital. And my office, of course, the play therapist was full of all kind of fun Mm -hmm. stuff (laughs) and toys and games and things. And so I would have associates or or younger, newer mm-hmm. uh, counselors all the time would peek in and go, they just told me I need to run this group. Can I don't I, know what to do. <laughs> yeah, can I borrow your whatever? And part of me was like, no, because you, you're tearing up my stuff, my right. toys. But also, they didn't know what to do with, with the tool. Right. And so then they weren't really using it very effectively or, or helping with the tool. Mm-hmm. And so I did at some point. Not every time, but at least some of the time, depending on what they were asking me to borrow, would sometimes begin to say no and say, it won't really work. It's like me. It's like somebody else telling you how to paint a picture. Right. (laughs) You have to paint your own picture. Mm -hmm. So I can give you this ball, but what you do with the ball is totally dependent on what you know how to do with it. Right. Not what you saw me do with it or a technique you read in a book. So. That's what I think of when I think of decluttering, that Mm -hmm. you can have a ton of stuff. You can have an office full of all the fun toys or whatever, games, or you can have a whole book full of techniques, but if you don't really know what to do with them, it doesn't make it more effective or efficient. Too much information is not good. Mm -hmm. So how do you do that for yourself? Do you try to declutter? Do you try and get rid of extra? I mean, I try and like pay attention and get rid of what I don't need or as like, I mean, just in the bulk emails coming through but like oh sometimes i'll flag stuff because oh i think that's interesting oh i could learn a new breathing technique by doing yoga and therapy cool you know and like learn something but i figure this if i haven't taken an action step on it and it's just 
hanging there in my inbox, I would just need to junk it because it wasn't mm. important enough. Those yeah. things always come back through. Interesting. I think that makes, I'm going to maybe keep thinking about that after we're done today, that it doesn't mean become stagnant. Right. We are all still growing mm-hmm. and learning new ideas and techniques and things, but how to find strike the balance between what is helpful and adds to what you're doing right. and, and what is fluff and mm-hmm. a distraction. Did we just do a Marie Kondo? Moment? We might have. We just had a little moment. <laughs> <laughs> Does this bring you joy? Yes, it might. <laughs> but I think that would fit, right? That if you found a technique or works, a CE or something right. that you could combine with what you already do or the things that you already know in a way that was meaningful, then it's not clutter. Right. And you might be taking care of yourself, getting rid of burnout, finding a new way to engage with your client or your supervisee. Well, thanks today for listening to Supervision with a Vision. You've been listening to Supervision with a Vision. Head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Therapy Academy to join the conversation and get show notes. We'll be back next week with more Supervision with a Vision.